0: Welcome to the third Perth Fit Fam live podcast, or the second, sorry, live version, the third podcast in general. Sorry, Brett told us to get rid of Do I have to get rid of mine? <laughs> All right, sorry guys. If you saw my photo earlier, I, 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 I did the HBF run and um, I got busted at the finish line doing a selfie with the phone, I which saw was that. yeah, yeah, it standard. Was, it was pretty standard. But thanks to everyone who tuned in last week, we were with Dan Williams, uh, who's from Range of Motion. They've just got back from the CrossFit Regionals. We have two winners who we're gonna announce from um, last week tomorrow night. So stay tuned for tomorrow night. We've also got the winners of the Tough Team competition. Who we have to announce tomorrow night too, but tonight we've got my good friend and someone I've known for a long time, and someone that we've been meeting to get on the podcast and on Perth Fit Fam TV. Actually, you you have been on Perth Fit Fam TV as a host
1: sporadically, yes, as a host. And you when you were in the gym one day, we did a little bit of stuff as well. So
0: yeah. we we did. That's mm. true. So we got Alice Round, who is a coach, a nutritionist. Um, you've done you've obviously done bikini,
1: yeah,
0: um, powerlifting. Um, Tell us a little bit about more more for people who don't know you, if anyone on here doesn't know who you are, give us a run-through about yourself and your journey in the fitness industry.
1: So I guess I've been in the industry for I think 12 years now, so I've known Brendo back Probably he was he was selling body science and a gym I worked at probably about eight eight years ago.
0: I would have had hair. He
1: would have had had hair, but not much. Not but much. Like there was a bit, and he was. It was leaving this little lean shredded little. You would want to be bodybuilder back then. I, I was bodybuilder. I do believe it so. was
0: before CrossFit, so yeah. I was definitely a bodybuilder back then. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: you were all stimmed up, and he'd come in all excited and had about fifty pre workouts, and um, yeah, so that was when I met Brenda and I was working in my second gym then. Um, I think I've been at five gyms since I've started being a PT. Mm -hmm. I got into the fitness industry, basically I used to be an athlete, I used to be a runner, Um, that was my background and I wanted to learn how to prevent injury. So that was kind of actually why I originally got in, which a lot of people don't know. Um, Started studying sports science, the goal was to get to rehab, to do all that, to go Mm -hmm. down that field and then I realised there was no jobs (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I also realised that nutrition, I didn't realise how important that was for athletes and so I was under eating as an athlete Um, as a teenager also battled with body image and a lot of that sort of stuff, being athletic and having to be in a crop top and running around, it made me very self-conscious. So it made me kind of get interested in nutrition and how I could eat to fuel my performance but also have a good physique. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of changed my masters over and went into dietetics and went down that route. So yeah, I did sports science um, and then went into my dietetics. So that was basically where it's at. And now today I kind of decided that I thought I would go clinically, but then went, no, I actually want to help people that want my help. Okay. Um,
0: So so who's someone that wants your help? Like, what's a specific person that wants your help?
1: Um, My (laughs) niche has definitely changed over the last 10 years, especially the last year, I would say. Um, I've definitely got more around helping mainly women. I do work with male clients as well, but I'm now specifically women more so, that are basically struggling with more issues with mindset, body, body love, confidence, as well as just education. I feel like women... See all these shit diets, so I'm allowed
0: to swear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll just, this is going to be an explicit episode on iTunes. <laughs> okay, get,
1: get ready.
0: We haven't planned this at I all, by the way. This is the watching. first one that we haven't spoke about, and so this could go anywhere. So make sure that you send through your questions, because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're happy to take this one yeah. anywhere. and
1: my mum's told me I'm not allowed to swear. <laughs> um, so, yes, I'm not allowed Sorry. to swear. Sorry,
0: apparently we're, we're really loud as well. Yeah. Um,
1: so, yes, no swearing from me, from my mum, so that she'll be proud of me. Um, but, yeah, basically just helping women that, are lost and confused in the industry, where they've tried every diet under the sun. They're no longer looking for the quick six-week challenge, the quick four-week challenge. They're actually wanting to get educated, and that's kind of where I want to step in when the people that have done all of that wasted a lot of money and then they're Mm -hmm. completely lost and they're like, what do I do? And they actually need to learn and educate. And obviously, nutrition and training, not just nutrition. Um, But yeah, mindset, nutrition, training. The whole composition comes together. I believe that you need the holistic approach when it comes to coaching.
0: So you said like the people that have tried everything under the sun and this is where I'm going to take it because most people who watch Perth Fit Fam or follow me on social media, they understand that I'm going through these diets this year, which um, I started off with just with like standard sort of out-of-the-book diet just to get to a baseline. I'm now t- getting towards the end of keto. Like keto yeah. yeah, so I've been keto, which is like your high-fat, 75% fat, 20% protein, 5% carb sort of diet, which is getting a lot of airplay at the moment. Um, next will be vegan. And then after that, um, we'll, be, we'll be talking the whole time, but yeah. it will be macros. <laughs> so if, if it's macros or flexible dieting or whatever you want to call it, and that's where I'll work with Alice a lot more. But we, we get to talk quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, as we go through so from a coach's point of view tell us a little bit about some of the diets and fads that people go through
1: there's so many but definitely obviously i don't know if it's so much fads but diets they're very different things because from my approach i don't believe that there's one diet that suits everyone i don't sure. believe that you know IAFYM is the bail in it i actually don't like the term ifym i prefer flexible dieting sure and there's a big difference there the difference is the IFYM promotes if you can literally fit anything in, then you're going to get the results that you want, which I don't believe in because, yep. trust me, like even the most flexible dieters don't sit and eat donuts all day and hit their macros. I was going to say
0: because that's kind of where it gets glorified and you look yeah. at it and that's what people are eating donuts, they're eating burgers all the time um, and then they're like, hey, I'm shredded. and it, Yeah. For me, I don't know if that's unrealistic, but I haven't tried it. No
1: Trust me, you look up. Look up if you guys want to look up someone good to study. Alberto Nunez, he is amazing. He's one of the most famous flexible dieters in the world. He got shredded and basically ate a Snickers every day of his prep, and that was his goal. He was five <laughs> yeah. percent on a deck side. like he was so like that's tapeting, crazy. Yeah, natural athlete, um, but he just did it to prove a point that you can get lean. But he felt like shit, and that's the big difference. Okay. You can get lean eating crappy-based foods, but you will feel very average. Your hormones will be a mess. There's so many other negative side effects to just eating crap, Mm -hmm. and that's why I believe in a more flexible approach with my clients. I believe in kind of a more 80-20 rule. 80% wholesome foods, nourishing foods, foods that have a purpose. And then 20%, yeah, if you want to fit in, a candy bar or whatever, and it fits into your macros and you are still nailed everything else on that list of like that might be hitting iron targets, fibre, Different sort of nutrients based on the individual, yep. so that's important. If it's a female client, it might be a case of us needing to get up her vitamin D, iron, you know, magnesium. If it's a guy, it might be a case of you know, foods that are more inclined to helping with you know, testosterone and different things like that. Um, without going, we're not going to go hormonal um, <laughs> <Well>, today. Go hormonal <home, laughs> no, because I know,
2: that no worries,
1: I know no that, that we're going to start to get
0: trolled as soon as yeah, we talk about it.
1: Exactly. I am not an endocrinologist. <laughs> so I've, I've seen this many out. times. Yeah, this um, is great. But yeah, basic things like that, like that people think, and I've had someone say to me before, oh, all you do is just give macros to people. Sure. And I'm like, that is the most retarded thing I've ever heard, like I will literally sit and discuss nutrient timing, we discuss so many different things with my clients, I discuss food choices with them, um, optional, you know, options in terms of Mm fiber, in terms of when they're having faster digesting foods, slower digesting foods to fill them up. It's very different, we talk about food volume, we talk about so many different things when it comes to macros. Yes, you can just do a very basic, flexible dieting approach where you're not that into all those fine and minute details. Yeah. And the big thing, way that I explain that to clients is I kind of have like a, I guess I call it icing the cake, mm-hmm. all right? So for anyone out there, this is what I talk about with my clients. We talk about a, building a cake. So mm-hmm. to build a cake, you need a base. Okay. So your base is your macros. That's yep. your protein, that's your carbs, that's your fat. Yeah. Cool? And your calories, obviously, overall. But your calories come from your macros, so sure. it doesn't matter. All right, so then from there, we've got layers. We've got layers of a cake, because we don't just want one layer, because mm-hmm. that's boring. Yep. Um, so then your next layer is your things like your fiber, things like your micronutrients, mm-hmm. things like water consumption, things like that sort of stuff kind of comes in your second layer. So if clients have nailed the base, then they go to that second layer. Mm-hmm. Then if they've nailed that and they still want to get even better results, it's like, all right, let's go to the top tier, let's ice the cake. Yep. And that's going to be our micronutrients, our minerals. That's going to be sleep. That's going to be mindset. That's going to be everything all encompassing. But when clients get overwhelmed, we go back to the base. Have you got okay. the base down? Let's go from there.
0: All right, so you just said something which I didn't think we we're gonna to touch on, but the top, the icing on the cake. So we've gone through macronutrients, micronutrients, um, and now you're delving into mindset. What do you mean yeah. by that?
1: So I guess a big reason why a lot of people don't get results, and that can be training on nutrition. So I know you'd know from a CrossFit standpoint, mm. but there's just some people that will go to the gym and they won't kill a workout. Like they will literally just go in there and do the bare minimum. Yep. So they'll go in there and they'll see, they might have a program and it says, do four squats at blah, 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 and do a push-up and do this. And they're like, yes, I've ticked a box, I've done it. But then you see other people who will go in and they will push as hard as they physically can. Two people could be on the same program, but they're going to put that into action in a different sense.
0: So i got a question with that then. Do you think that someone can have have the mindset, that top mindset all the time, or do you think that you still need to have ebbs and flows in life? Because I I can't maintain that. I have days where
1: I suck. Like, honestly my period on sunday sorry boys (laughs) and i went to the gym and it was a terrible workout like i just did arms and i walked on the treadmill till my partner was done with his workout and i had a stretch okay okay so we're gonna have days like that and then the next day it crushed it because you know it's all about balance so sorry jan yeah sorry jenny um (laughs) so yeah definitely you can't expect perfection and that's why obviously i program with progressive overlay with my clients we obviously factor in deloads but there's also going to be weeks where you just say, "Don't hit a weight target," and you can't beat yourself up about it. Now, this is one for the girls out there. Mm-hmm. I believe in progressive overload for females because females often don't push themselves enough in the gym, don't lift heavy enough weights, um, and then they struggle to get gains or they struggle to they have hit fat loss plateaus. That's why uh-huh. CrossFit's great. I believe for um, females that struggle to push themselves in the gym. It's yeah. awesome. It's fun to do. Yeah, and then like you know, the problem being with that is <laughs> that women do get scared of lifting heavier and progressively worrying about. You know, putting on muscle too much and all of that. Yeah. Which can be a common misconception as well. And I can't even remember what point I was going back to here, but it doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: I don't even know. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we like I said, we didn't plan. We wanted this to be raw, and we want you guys to be able to ask questions um, and send them through. So Brett will keep us enlightened if anything does come through. So feel free to jump in. Oh, mindset. So mindset. To,
1: yeah. So in terms of the, I guess training mindset. <laughs> i got the, the big memory one of a is, fish, man. Um, there's a lot of aspects when it comes to mindset, and I don't just mean training mindset, but I mean a lot of people uh, will self-sabotage, and okay. that's a big part of mindset, so they'll do really well with their nutrition, no matter whether they're on macros, whether they're on keto, whether they're on vegan, whatever they're on, it doesn't matter if their mindset's not right in terms of mm. accountability, in terms of the goal, in terms of compliance. because <laughs> you can have the best diet in the world, but you know between you and me that one diet's gonna be harder than another to stick to.
0: yeah. And I believe yep. the
1: harder you make a diet, the more likely someone's
0: going to fall off it. So one thing that you just said is compliance to a diet. Now, so far, I guess with my experiments yeah. um, that we're putting on, um, I personally don't believe I'm going to get a drastic result over one than over the other. Yeah. I think that it's solely going to come down to compliance and whatever's easy. Um, or not easy because nothing's convenient. easy. You've still got to stick yeah. to it. But whatever's more convenient. So for instance, I got a great result off keto to begin with. But then as I started to travel or life started to get hectic because it's so restraining, harder. yeah, it became harder. And then you drop off and then you stop counting your macros and next thing you know, you're halfway through a week without logging in and you don't know where you're at. And It's like, hold on, I've got to reset and I've got to get back into it. I think that's going to be the same with vegan. Um, and I think if it it's like the macros, flexible diet and style, I think will be the, the, be the most flexible out of them. But I don't think that it's going to be drastically changed depending, except for how compliant... I or anyone else can be a big eat. part
1: of it massively and that's like 80% of results how compliant are you how how easy can that diet fit into your lifestyle and I believe that you need to feel, fit build a diet to suit your lifestyle not the other way around yeah that's a massive massive one so you know if you're working with a coach and they're telling you you need to eat six meals a day but for you physically at your job you can only have four meal breaks that's not going to work you yeah. need to figure out a way of Okay, well, let's have a bit larger meals, but have four meals a day. You know, it's that simple. It's not going to mean that you get fat overnight from having four meals a day. Like, you know, there's all these misconceptions that you have to have six meals a day. You have to have protein an hour after a workout or straight after a go, you know, (laughs) catabolic. You're going to lose all your gains. (laughs) Yeah, but at the end of the day, is that convenient? You know, like, Mm. does that work? If you're straight after the gym, does it matter if it takes an hour for you to get home and cook a meal? Like, you're not going to lose all your gains in that hour. Like, it's not... Science doesn't happen that simply. Like your yeah. body's smarter than that. Yeah.
0: Now, do you think that a lot of people's misconception with diets or even like strong beliefs in diets is just because of ignorance to another diet? So not understanding how it works? I
1: think when people see results, that's a big thing. So let's okay. say, for example, a lot of women will do this. They'll go on a low-carb diet or a keto diet, and they dropped five kilos within a few weeks. And a lot of that is water weight. So they're dropping out of their normal high carbohydrate diet Mm -hmm. and with every one gram, I believe, someone will probably correct me on this, but every one Mm. gram of carbs is about five grams of water that gets pulled inside the muscle glycogen and also within the liver and stuff like that throughout the body. So let's say, for example, you're going from eating 200 grams of carbohydrates. My math's gonna get tested here. (laughs) So let's times that by five. So that's that's like about one liter of water that's going with that. So let's say, for example, you drop down to 20 grams on keto. Yeah. See you later, like a liter of water. So you've just dropped, like, on the scales physically.
0: So I can actually answer on that exactly. Um, I lost about four kilos straight away, and so I'm about I was about 80, and I sit at about 76 now. Um, and then there was a massive bell curve. And I think that's the bell curve where you go quick and Drop. then it goes slow. Yeah, yeah it was a massive <laughs> the bell. The water's gone. Yeah, and I was telling everyone how awesome this keto diet was. And I'm not saying that it's not awesome. I, again, it goes we back like, to I've compliance. Yeah. yeah, and my phys- it, and I can show photos. My physique looked totally different. But I think that we can quite honestly say that had less to do with fat loss and more to <laughs> yeah. do with, yeah, water loss, in- in- inflammation and water Intracellular loss.
1: Intracellular water loss, yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, it didn't seem to affect performance, yeah. but I think that...
1: If you were still drinking water and hydrated, then, yeah, you'd have no
0: clumps. Yeah. And I had, like, electrolytes. Like, I had yeah. a lot of help because I, I assumed that that's what was going to happen. But, yeah, it was very fast results, but then there was a bell curve, and all of a sudden, I'm not seeing as fast results, yeah. and I'm like, and oh, okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, and people think that sometimes they're doing something wrong at that point. Yeah. Um, so, they'll either blame the diet or blame themselves when in fact they often just need to be more patient because it's just those rapid results at the start aren't real fat loss, they're weight loss. And there's a difference between fat loss and weight loss. That's a massive thing. And that's why it's hard when you have things like, you're trying to test with DEXA, which is the best possible method. Mm -hmm. But even a DEXA can have very skewed results. Um, yep. There's studies that have shown, you know, discrepancies up to five to ten percent between Dexa machines. Okay. So the, my biggest tip for anyone that wants to know what their actual body fat is is use the same method of testing every single time. So if you're going to do yeah. a Dexa, use the same machine. And I mean, like me and Sean got one done at a clinic in Up and metabolic measures, mm-hmm. and they were very different.
0: Shout out to Jared from yeah, Metabolic Measures. Yeah, thank you,
1: Jared. Jared's been awesome. So he's going to actually go through with mine and Sean's comp prep, and we're going to keep kind of tracking yep. um, every eight weeks. We're going to go in for a Dexa and see where we're at. Cool. But yeah, so yeah, body fat, yeah, that's gonna happen. So that's one of the big fads obviously dropping on low carbs and then people thinking that's weight loss mm-hmm. and thinking that the only way they can lose weight is low carbs. Okay. Because they see that initial drop, they see a result.
0: And then I reckon and then that creates a horrible mindset towards food and a horrible they, relationship they get scared towards of food. Carbs. It's yeah. this
1: massive fear of carbs. Like I would say ninety percent of women that come to me are not eating enough carbs. Yep. And are scared of food. Yep. Like they just think that food's the devil. When food can fuel your body, build your metabolism, do such positive things. But people just don't know how to use it right, yeah, and manipulate to actually trick your body into being able to eat more, train less, and get just as good results. All
0: right, so because so, I want to come back to that soon, which is um, metabolic damage and people trying to. We're not going
1: to say metabolic damage.
0: Okay, what metabolic can I say? Metabolic
1: adaptation. <laughs> We're going to say
0: metabolic <laughs> adaptation. Um, okay, so I want to come back to that in a second. But one thing that I want to um, chat about is someone goes through a diet, they're up to that five six week mark, and you know, they've reached that bell curve, they're not getting the fast results. For you as a coach and for people listening, how do you coach them through that? Um, oh, we're on there. Shout out to Brendo. Sorry, we'll come back to that. Um, and how do you... Sorry, I can't listen to myself whilst I'm trying to speak.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's typical. A guy can only do one thing at once.
1: Yeah, get Anyway, we got
0: this. So... Five weeks, yep. five to six weeks, they've reached the bell curve, and um, they aren't getting results. How do you coach them through it?
1: Uh, in terms of if they're following a diet with me, because they guess will be getting results. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, strict. Sorry.
0: So yeah. if you had to say, if, so let say, say, say
1: someone came to me and they're stuck and they've been on a diet, is that what you mean? Yeah. And let's say they.
0: Yeah. Let's say they're, um, they've started to binge. They're not compliant anymore because they're not getting results. What's your advice to help people get through that? So number one,
1: I would have to break down the diet. I have to see what's in it. If they're severely undernourished, so let's say that the calories are way too low and then they're hungry all the time and that's causing them to binge, that can be one of the problems. Now, we're not just going to go double the calories and jack that up because obviously that can cause... Immediate weight gain and obviously the goal isn't weight gain, but at this point if they've been only dieting for five or six weeks They couldn't have done severe damage to you know from a metabolic standpoint in that short period of time Yeah, so in five or six weeks what I would tend to do is assess a few things so obviously the diet training what are they doing for training how much like training are they actually doing Are they progressively overloading in the gym or are they just going in and doing the same thing every day? That's a big factor because you're going to need to increase energy expenditure when you're hitting plateaus. So it always has to be looking at the training and nutrition side of things. That's why I don't really like working with clients on just one aspect because I feel like you can't control everything. Yeah, sure. Um, The other one is looking at things like stress, sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a big one that people underestimate. Stress is a massive one. If I can get someone's stress levels down and getting them sleeping better, they tend to drop weight like that. Um, So that's a big one. So I'd assess all the factors that sometimes people don't think about. Yep. Assess all of that first because that could be holding them back and then see how they go just by making that change. Obviously, another thing would be to give them some form of a diet break is a good idea, but again, it's only five or six weeks. The calories are extremely low. What I would personally do is add in a small amount of calories per week for the course of maybe four or five weeks, but start off slowly assessing every week, Mm -hmm. maybe push in an extra 200 calories if they're very low, maybe 300, um, and then see how they respond. If they drop weight, mm-hmm. then amazing. Their body's like, thank you, you've given me more food. It's actually revved up the metabolism, which can happen sometimes, but doesn't happen in all cases. Okay. In some cases, when people have a very sluggish metabolism, they'll probably gain weight. Okay. So you need to do it slower. Sure. It might be a case of adding 50 calories or 100 calories, like very slow. Some people are like hyper responders, mm-hmm. and I have a few of my girls are reverse dieting out of comps right now, and I've been adding 150, 200 calories a week, okay. and they haven't been gaining weight which has been amazing. But then I have to look at the fact of, are they feeling good? Okay. Because a lot of the time with people reverse diet out of a contest prep, you're at a stage where your body fat's extremely lean mm-hmm. to an unhealthy place. Like, it's like the goal of getting on stage isn't to maintain that. Yeah. Like, people need to get that you're gonna have to gain a little bit of fat after, just to get your hormones and everything firing. Mm-hmm. So my big question when I ask clients when they're reverse dieting, say it's going really well. And you're like, okay, this is crazy. Like they haven't put on any weight, they're mm-hmm. still shredded, they're still peeled. How are you feeling? Okay. And Guys in particular will often say this one to me, my dick doesn't work. <laughs> so I will be flat out with that one. So that at that point, I have to then throw calories at them because it has okay. to be a case of looking after their hormones first. They need yeah, to sure. gain a little bit of body fat back to get everything efficient and firing, get their libido working. Yep. I actually lived with my old housemate. Um, I prepped him so we were living together and it was really interesting because I saw his libido like drop and he wouldn't have girls over as regularly. Like <laughs> That's, as a, that's close to a good friend. accountability measure. Yeah, yeah, and then like post-comp I was like, okay, it was about six weeks post-comp and he started having the ladies come back over so I was like, sweet, we're doing this right. Nice. But guys, that's a big one. For girls, it's the same. Libido is a good sign um, mm-hmm. that things aren't going so well. Other bad signs for girls are things like hair loss, brittle nails, poor skin, fatigue all the time, really severe menstruation like pain and everything like that, headaches. So there's a lot of warning signs when you are in a negative or bad metabolic position. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some of the main ones to focus on. Also obviously not progressing in the gym, poor sleep is another one, poor concentration. So, so many warning signs. So if you're having a lot of those, I call them like your triggers and I have a big list that I kind of send to clients. And if you tick off more than six on my list, mm-hmm. like all right, we need to like sort you out before we focus on any fat loss.
0: So. I know for me, I have like um, different seasons in life. Some of them, like I might have to focus on work yeah. and it becomes more stressful. Um, would you, unless I'm competing, would you suggest that someone, that, you know, if you had a client like that, that you understand that's going to be the next couple of weeks, they're going to be doing a lot more, a lot, maybe a lot more travel and it's okay to pull back a bit?
1: 100%. Like, I don't believe that my clients need to be like 100% tracking macros year round. Sure. They don't need to be like 100%. I mean, I allow most of my clients, my lifestyle clients, you know, a 10 to 15 gram rule around most of their macros. If they're traveling, I get them to focus on more hitting calories rather than hitting macros. Cause it's a little harder. Mm-hmm. Like especially if, say, you go eat out for breakfast. Sometimes you can have two eggs, some avocado, some butter on your toast, and there's your fats for a female almost gone in one meal. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, I'm like, all right, well don't freak out guys, let's just kind of try to hit calories that day within 100 or so. Mm-hmm. Again, if your goal isn't fat loss, then then tracking again doesn't really need to be there and more of a, I'm not a massive fan of intuitive eating, we won't go into that right now, but, um, <laughs> but that can kind of come into play a little bit because, but you need to be educated. If you're not educated and you're intuitive eating, mm-hmm. it's pointless. Because you don't know what you're actually intuitively eating. Whereas an educated person, for me personally, I didn't track last year much. Okay. I didn't track for about um, four or five months. Mm-hmm. But basically what I was doing was, all right, breakfast. Does my meal have protein in it? Does it have carbs in it? Am I training today? Do I need more or less carbs? Mm-hmm. And that would how I would just kind of eat. And my weight kind of stayed the same. And when I actually tracked it, I was intuitively eating about 2,200 calories a day. Okay. And maintaining weight on that. So now that I'm in a contest phase, I'm obviously now tracking. Yep. Um, that's really important. But it kind of made me aware that my body got to kind of a set point where it was comfortable at a weight and a certain amount of calories. And I kind of knew in myself enough of what was hitting that. But obviously someone new to flexible dieting, there's no way I can coach a client that. Like they need to actually track for an extended period of time to learn what's in food.
0: And get used to it. Yeah. Do you think if you don't track for a while, you kind of – Lose your mojo on tracking as a well. A little
1: bit. You get a little bit slack, but yeah. um, and that's a big part of it. I just kind of gauged how my training was. I was training more for powerlifting then. Okay. Um, and if I start to feel a bit crappy in the gym, have average weight sessions, I start tracking again. Okay. And just make sure because sometimes I was actually undereating more than overeating. Yeah. Or I'm, I usually would find that I was overeating fats, undereating carbs, undereating protein. Okay. Um, that for me personally, and I find that happens for most females. They tend to undereat protein. Yeah. Over undereat carbs and fats usually way too low. For girls, guys tend to do the opposite. They tend to eat quite high fat and like they like things like pizzas and burgers more. (laughs) Girls tend to like more sweet food. Very generalization here. So, um, but that's just what I've seen anecdotally with clients. So, yeah.
0: Um, All right, before we delve into a bit more of metabolic adaptation, were the questions flown through? Yeah, we've
2: got a couple of questions here. The first one um, from Junior Watt. Hello, Junior. Uh, Says, um, how important do you think supplements are in a diet?
1: Oh, good one. Very big one, though.
0: Either of us can handle this yeah. one pretty well.
1: I guess we'll try to get, keep it brief and give our own personal take on supplements. Yeah. Um, I enjoy some supplements. Enjoy. I don't know why I say enjoy, but there is some supplements that I believe have a purpose, but it comes down to the individual. So it needs to come down to what you're lacking from your diet. So if you're a vegan, you're going to need a supplement a bit more than say what someone with a very flexible dieting regime would. Um, For me, for women in particular, obviously there's important things like iron. So maybe if you're not getting enough iron from your food, supplementation may need to come in. And then looking at more your generic subs that you'd buy on the shelf. So like I'm guessing you're talking about things like branch chains, pre-workout, all of that. I'm not a fan of pre or stims, so I I just think I'm all about decreasing stress and your adrenal health and all of that, which Mm -hmm. I know Brenda's learned a lot about over the last few years. A lot, a lot about. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But things like branch chains, I believe, have a very important place, especially when you're dieting, um, especially for people who struggle to get in protein. They're really great for vegans. Um, I think... Branch chains vegan? Yeah, there is some. Prana does a vegan one. Yeah, um, your
0: branch chains—it depends on where you get it where from. Where you get it from, exactly. Yeah.
1: So I believe in creatine is really great. It gets a misconception. So these are my basic ones I like. Mm-hmm. I like creatine because it actually helps with muscular endurance. So I, when I have a really big workout, I always make sure I take creatine. Girls get scared of it. It Doesn't make you bloated. It's actually meant to pull water into the cell, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, L-car studies are up and down, but it is one that I utilize um, for fat loss phases. Um, Natural, natural, meant to be natural fat loss as well. I find it just helps me sweat a lot more as well, which um, I feel like I'm working harder, but you take too much and you can smell like fish, so (laughs) be careful. And then the other ones I really like are just your basic things like fish oil, magnesium, zinc, vitamin D, if you're in, like in winter I take vitamin D, in summer I don't. So there's all these kind of basic things, but to be honest, that's kind of my base, sometimes glutamine, but often that's in a lot of branch chain products as well.
0: Yeah. So I tend to agree with that, too. It depends in the context of the question that you're asking. Um, I, I always say supplements are supplementary to a good training program yeah. and a diet. Um, as Alice said, like especially pre-workouts and stimulants, and they're still probably the biggest selling
1: yeah, thing. They, in, yes. they make the most margins on them, too. Yeah. Easy.
0: The most margins are the biggest selling thing. They rotate through every six months. There's always a new one. I was someone that was completely addicted to yeah, using so was it. I. Like yeah, I. worked in
1: a supplement store. A yeah.
0: hundred uh, percent, because that's what you did. So I was completely addicted, couldn't do a workout without it. I've weaned myself off it. So the v, um, sorry, the bulletproof diet, because I switched to bulletproof coffees, was great to um, wean myself off synthetic fake stimulants. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to be honest, if I have it once before a workout, I automatically get back into, like, I need Wanting to have them. it. Yeah, so it's a bit addictive. I
1: definitely yeah. think it's addictive. The amount of caffeine, um, but you have to be really careful because most pre-workouts will have up to about 300 milligrams of caffeine, in Them legally that's the max I think they're allowed to put in them on the shelf, but some slip through, yeah, so of course. if you're having 300 milligrams of caffeine, let's say for example you're having one to two coffees a day, maybe three, and then maybe you're having a sachet of green tea and a few other things, you could be having four, five, six hundred milligrams of caffeine, which is a lot in a day. And then you're having that over and over again. And then what tends to happen, this is the cycle, is you have a pre-workout to pick you up in the afternoon to go train in the evening. Mm -hmm. And then you get home and then you're all stimmed up and then you can't sleep. So then the next day you're tired (laughs) and then you have pre-workout and it's like... Goes and goes and goes. Or well, then you have
0: yeah. a sleeping supplement to help you sleep. <laughs> exactly, I, yeah. The amount of times, do, yeah. Oh yeah, the amount of times when I was in my early twenties and I couldn't sleep and I was like, Oh man, I got insomnia and I was just a little dickhead because I was just having pre workout late at night. Yeah. So um, I come and,
1: I was so productive. I come in and I clean the house and I do work and then yeah. it'd be like one AM and I'm like i got to get up at six, like
0: yeah. So that's having many dig it, um pre workouts in that sense, but um, what Alice said is pretty much spot on. So I think that supplements are supplementary to a good training program and a diet, but I do think that there's certain supplements that should always be considered um like a basic protein obviously if you're vegan then it is easier to um use a protein supplement yeah,
1: that's probably the one I forgot.
0: yeah, protein yeah um but things like branch chains um you know even zma i think is yeah. great as well so there's these certain things like I, when i got my bloods done so a real life example my magnesium was low um, and my hormone levels were relatively low as well so i should be supplementing with a zma so for me that's a product that i had to go out and get yeah. Um, and that's
1: interesting that magnesium was low when you're on a vegan diet because you're missing a lot of foods like that was oats keto. And Oh that was keto. That was keto. Yeah, but, but I'm still yeah, missing foods. Yeah. what i mean. you're missing, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, keto. You're missing a lot of foods that are high magnesium. Yeah. Um, so that can be going big one, like a lot of your plant-based foods. So you're going to be missing out on that. But it's surprising because you were still eating like chicken and things like that. But,
0: <coughs> yeah, um, uh, Do you have a
1: bit more in them? Eggs,
0: yeah. Yeah, lots of chicken, eggs, um, you know, so meats, well, obviously a lot of meat. But after I got my bloods done, and actually this is a valid point, is if you go see someone like Jared from Metabolic Measures and you get your bloods done and you yeah. actually know what's going on, then you actually know how you'd have a exactly. supplement and there's yeah. other ways to do it like i think people do the bioseg and stuff um, where you can do alice doesn't do, do it. bioseg um, but <laughs> you can do science. these sort of things to check it out it's so called applied kinesiology, um, but i just get bloods done
1: bloods bloods everyone just get bloods or saliva i've got saliva testing done before and it was good um, that does cortisol and okay. i also got my hormones done on saliva okay um, but that's very expensive and you have to send it to the us and it's fiddly bloods much easier uh, some of the, For cortisol you do need to do saliva because they need to test at different points of the day uh-huh. But to be honest, a lot of my clients will say Do I need to get my cortisol tested because I'm stressed and I think I'm burnt out To be honest, you can't do anything about shitty adrenals and cortisol besides look after yourself So And get off of day, pre-workout Get off pre-workout, sleep more, rest more Often you're overtraining, you're burnt out Eat more often as well so they're the big ones. If someone comes to me with adrenal problems or something, I'm like, we just need to like fix up your lifestyle.
0: I feel like I'm a real big hypocrite now.
2: So, oh, well, we <laughs> I'm the worst. Like <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, all right, next question. What do we got? Uh, Thanks, Junior.
2: Artificial from Gemma Pullen. Uh, artificial sweeteners. Is there, an, is there an amount of artificial sweeteners you think negatively affects the body or organs? Is there one brand better than another? Better of uh, of
0: can you please oh sorry if we can ask what who was the question
2: uh, about artificial sweeteners no no who was it Gemma Gemma
0: Gemma if you mean let us know if you mean a specific brand because my answer is straight away no if that's a specific brand as far as supplements it just depends It's just artificial sweetener oh brand of artificial sweeteners I don't
1: even know brands besides like Equal and like
0: Stevia Stevia is the better Stevia's one it's not
1: artificial though it's
0: yeah stevia. it's natural like it's but she's if she's
1: talking artificial.
0: So So
1: she's basically trying to say, is there an amount that you shouldn't be consuming to cause negative effects on your body?
0: I haven't tested it, so I can't answer that. But I've read
1: a few studies on it. Okay. I've read up a bit on it. Uh, Lane actually put up a few good articles about it. Basically, at the end of the day, guys, anything in moderation. <laughs> like if you're having a Diet Coke every couple of days or you're having something with a little bit of artificial sweetener, even chewing gum, things like that. If you're having a small amount of it, it's not gonna you know, cause detrimental effects on your health. It's when people take things to extreme, there's a difference between correlation and causation. And that's probably one of my favorite sayings when it comes to science, okay? It makes, you, it makes you
0: sound very smart too. It does, doesn't
1: it? So something, a difference is there might be a correlation between someone, say, having cancer, I'm gonna talk serious here, and drinking Diet Coke. It doesn't mean that the Coke caused the cancer. Mm. It means that there's a lot of things in their life, maybe lifestyle-wise, that they didn't look after that has caused those issues down the line. Same with heart disease, same with other things. You can't just link one thing with the other like that. It's, very, it's a very hard study to test because there's not gonna be a lot of people, there's a lot of studies on rats and things like that, but no real human trials on this um, yeah. from what I've seen. But at the end of the day, moderation, and again, there's not gonna be one better one than the other, but actually a very important one here, IBS. If you are someone that struggles with IBS, like myself, so I know a lot about it, irritable bowel syndrome, basically there is certain sweetness that can really affect you negatively. Um, those are any ending in all, so if you feel like you get any bloating, cramping, diarrhea, nausea from having any artificial, artificially sweetened or even naturally sweetened products, mm-hmm. then check if they've got sorbitol, malt- maltitol, um, xylitol, any of those in it. Like xylitol's a natural one and that can yeah. really mess up your gut. So, like we said, anything in large amounts, yeah, your body finds them very hard to break down.
0: And they're in, like, protein bars and things like that. They're in, like,
1: like Quest bars. There's so (laughs) much I can't eat them. Um, A lot of stuff that you think is, like, a good product. Even some protein powders will be sweetened with that. So, I, to be honest, from an IBS standpoint, I prefer artificial sweeteners to natural sweeteners if they are those ones. Mm -hmm. Because they don't cause me the stomach uh, and GI discomfort. But, again, at the end of the day, everyone's different. So, see what works for you. But just don't do anything too extreme, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I moderation. think like, so. My beliefs on that is again, it's quite similar in a sense that I think it's better to always go natural if yeah, you can. If
1: you can, yeah. So
0: for instance, um, can I? Can you chuck me on webcam again? Oh yeah. And it's a bit of a plug, but I recently switched over to a company that only does their products natural, and that was because it was just what, what? true, true protein. protein. So they only have natural products. Um, and I think that, and this is more of just my belief, and like it's not the right answer, but the technology's there for supplement companies to produce natural products. Why aren't they doing it? Now? And I think that it's the obligation of supplement companies to take care of people's health as well as fitness. It doesn't mean that the others are giving them cancer, but it means that, this, that it's definitely better to sway towards a natural form. 100%. If Possible. That's that's my belief, and I'm not ragging on anyone yeah, who's watching. Yeah, your body's going
1: to digest and break something down much more efficiently if it's natural compared to an artificial product coming into it. Yeah, it's like people, you know, alcohol, and people always say does alcohol cause fat gain, and I'm like, it gives your body a harder time breaking things down. Your liver goes through a tougher process because it's a foreign substance. Yep, it's a it's actually like a chemical that shouldn't be in your body. Yep. So you think about artificial products in that sense. So again, like Brendo said, in moderation. Um, mm. yeah, if companies can come out with more natural things, that's great. Um, I own I would do a little plug here now but I own a company called Macro Snacks and we only sweeten all our products with stevia organic stevia and we only use stevia and then naturally occurring ingredients like vanilla bean and cocoa so things like that Mm -hmm. Um, and that again is from a consumer standpoint better digestion and then also it's just an easier thing to not have in your product we don't need it it, it, a lot of products don't just throw it in there and it's not necessary
0: yeah and that's what I think that you can work around it I think that it's up to the supplement industry and the manufacturers to become better Um, saying that don't have a go at me when you see me drinking a diet coke and you know, because yeah, the, i'll have yeah, a diet coke exactly. once every two weeks or i'll get lit you know occasionally <laughs> as well and it's like there you go
1: perth, yeah, yeah
0: perth lit fam so yeah. you, you can't have like yeah i i it's like the 80 20 i would yeah. prefer to stay more natural but then of course we're all human and you've got to like live libido like a
1: big reason why companies won't put it in is because it's more expensive at the end of the day if you're going to buy a product and it has naturally sweetened ingredients, I know for me, from a business standpoint, it is very expensive compared to artificial sweeteners. They're a lot sweeter, so you don't need to use as much often. Yep. Um, so yeah, it, you may have to pay a bit more, but often paying a bit more for a good quality product is, in my opinion, I will always pay for something if I know it's quality over quantity. You know,
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Next question. Okay. Um, my, my mate Adolfo. Hey Adolfo. Uh, what do you thoughts on fasting, two and one? Oh, good one. Hold on, two and one, like two days. I'm just talk about maybe fasting, so
1: two days on, one day off, like a five and two. Oh, okay. I, I haven't really I done can, much of that, but you go. Nope yeah, this,
0: yeah this is awesome. So during my whole keto phase, I'm like hell excited to talk about this as well. <laughs> during my whole keto phase, part of what I'm doing is bulletproof fasting. So <laughs> the difference between intermittent fasting and bulletproof fasting is I eat pretty much from 2 p.m. till 8 p.m. So I'm going to eat later tonight because I need to get more in. Um, but I usually eat from a six-hour window, so 2 p.m. till 8 p.m. Um, and then the rest of the time I fast. Um, but within the morning fast component, I drink bulletproof coffee, which is um, coffee, grass-fed butter, and high caprylic acid MCT oil, which is so supposed is to help you part think of better. The fast or not? Yeah, so it, so that's why this is where the confusion is going to come yeah. in because people are going to be like, hold on, no, you're eating, so it's not technically a fast. Yeah. and it's true, but it's a bulletproof fast, so it's still it's not s- the same, yeah. yeah, it still sends your body the um, stimulus that you're in starvation mode though
1: well, I would argue because you produce, you're still ingesting calories so your body's not in starvation mode
0: but it's, you don't it doesn't stop you from producing ketones no, as yes, well which the keto, is the important part yeah. of a keto diet yeah I agree with that Yeah. so that's the it's hack of the keto so diet keto, Yeah. yeah <laughs> so it's the hack of doing the keto diet and it helps you stay in ketosis um, I've also done normal fasting and I love it um, I don't know when I go vegan if I fast pros and,
1: and cons Yeah.
0: yeah and yeah. I'm assuming that when I do um, flexible. I won't be fasting either. For I have some
1: of my clients who are flexible fast. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. For, for me, I think lifestyle. I love it. I think that I do get results. I don't know if they're, they're not measurable, so I can't talk about them. Um, but yeah, I think it's good. It's not for everyone. It fits my lifestyle. I don't like eating breakfast. So
1: was he saying fasting two days of food and one day off, or I just want to get clear on what his, he was saying was fasting? The question. Um, that's
2: what it, yeah, just two and one. So I guess maybe the five and two diet. Near
0: the, the he, he must mean was it,
2: what was it, who was it? Adolfo.
0: Just Adolfo. Adolfo. Okay. It, let us know what... Yeah, um,
1: specifically, because I will give you my opinion on just intermittent fasting in general. Yeah. So let's say from your standard, which is what, a 15, 16-hour window of mm-hmm. not eating um, from overnight. I use it with some of my clients who have jobs in mining. They use it a lot um, because what's going to tend to happen is they have to often be on site at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m., and they don't get opportunities to eat sometimes until 10, 11, but then they get a big smoko break. Mm-hmm. So for me, I use it for clients with a lifestyle point of view. If it fits in with their life really well, then we do it. Okay. Um, a lot of my personal trainers actually do it because they have clients at 5 a.m., sometimes they don't feel like eating at 4, yep. and then they often will finish clients about 10, so that works perfectly for them. Yep. And then they have a nice big meal, often they'll actually train them, and then backload their carbs through into the evening. That yep. works really well. Also with clients, the other time I've used it is digestive issues. Um, So people that have problems with actually breaking down large volumes of food, I find spacing out and having less meals um, and less frequently Mm. that actually can help their GI tract. Some people it can do the opposite. So again, I only ever use it if it's for either a lifestyle or fixing any form of digestive issues or even from a mental focus standpoint. Generally from a fat loss standpoint, I don't think there's any benefit.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think you're right from a fat loss and it goes back to what we'll discuss later in the year through Flexible. Actually, we'll probably have like a few of these podcasts and discuss yeah, it.
1: Yeah, if you like me, if you uh, want me back.
0: <laughs> Hola. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I think it still goes into that, you know, calories in versus calories out. There's no way around it. And I did try to measure this through keto and it's, it still comes down to calories, essentially. and
1: another thing, I remember Sean telling me, my partner's a nerd, so we'll have to get him on here one day. But we looked into some studies on it, and he did it for a while. He made no gains on it. So that was a big thing for him. He found that he maintained his weight on it, but he struggled to get in enough calories for him to make gains when he did intermittent fasting, and he's a big eater. So he struggled with that. And the studies that we read there was better results actually for males than females from a fat loss standpoint. I don't know if that's maybe to do, we were just generalizing in a sense that it could be from a hormonal standpoint. Um, Females also tend to get more cravings and hunger. So i found with my female clients, eating more frequently tend to work better for them, especially Mm -hmm. when they're dieting. Um, For guys, they tend to be able to sustain from hunger a bit better than girls. So I think if you're dieting and doing intermittent fasting, definitely like guys, there has been seen results. Um, Girls, not so much. And it depends when you're training. I never ever give my clients intermittent fasting if they train in the morning. No, nah, okay? you can't. It's not going to work. So you have yeah. to train at night, um, all those sort of things. Yeah,
0: Yeah. so it factors into lifestyle pretty much as well. Yeah.
2: Uh, Wayno Hammer has a... Oh, Wayno. Hey, Wayno. Wayno. He how important is timing with eating before sleep, i.e. don't eat two hours before going to sleep?
1: load of crap. I love having a meal before I go to bed. It makes me feel warm and like <laughs> <laughs> nourished. Um, actually, it can help you sleep. So there's a big, Hmm. um, so serotonin is obviously a hormone basically that can make you, it's a happy hormone, but also helps you sleep. So that's a big one that can actually be improved with certain foods before bed. This is why a lot of people do a thing called carb backloading. It can be really helpful for sleep. I use it with clients for sleep more than I do sometimes with fat loss. So a lot of people avoid carbs in the evening when they can actually help you sleep. You know when you hear of like a carb coma, it's the same sort of thing. So it can send you to sleep. So I think blueberries are really high, oats are really high, having things like this sometimes in the evening can help with that. Yep. So I wouldn't fear food before bed, but again, I wouldn't eat something that is going to be high in trans fats, high in sugar, anything that's going to really upset your GI tract or have a big spike in energy. So when I say carbs, I'm generally more speaking of your lower GI, more nourishing carbs, whole foods, than like going and having candy bar before bed might, yes, spike your blood sugar a bit, you might feel a bit shitty and actually struggle to switch off.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I even though I'm on keto and my carbs are limited, I still follow that principle of backloading your carbs in the evening. Now my carbs will either come from blueberries or dark chocolate. Perfect. Yeah, Yeah, so I don't eat anything specific. Dark chocolate has magnesium
1: in it, so that helps you
0: sleep. Yeah. And and for me that's like a reward. So I use ninety chocolate. (laughs) Yeah, I use ninety percent and I have it before bed and it's kind of like your reward in your end of the day as well. Um so yeah, backload your carbs at night.
1: Yeah, and I think, like like I said, if you don't want something sitting in your guts it's going to make you feel like crap or have to no. get up and take a crap. So <laughs> make sure that you have foods that you know suit your body and your goals. And But don't be scared of having, yeah, a little bit bigger meal. I mean, I train in the evening, so me and my partner generally have pretty big meals quite late. We don't normally eat in the summers till 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go to bed about 10, 30, 11. So there's really nothing wrong with that, yeah.
0: Shout out to Waino in Rockingham. Well yeah, done, Injustice crew. <laughs> uh, Paul Mews has
2: asked, what are your thoughts on apple cider vinegar?
0: I haven't met Paul yet. Hi, Paul.
1: I've met Paul. How are you going, Paul? I've got to meet Paul. He's always on my lives. He's awesome. He'll like Paul. So, um, apple cider vinegar. Well, besides the fact that it stinks. <laughs> um, my partner puts it on his green vegetables, and it smells disgusting. He puts it on his green beans every day.
0: That's, that ruins the beans. And it's
1: horrible, and I have to smell any He microbes it, so it's like warm apple cider vinegar. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay, so apple cider vinegar, um, obviously it can be positive because it's going to help with your balance of your pH within your body, which is why people use it. Yeah. So it can have benefits in terms of digestive system, in terms of, uh, that's the main main benefit really, digestive, good health, good gut health. Um, So no qualms there. I think it's a good product to use, but people overuse it as well. I don't think you need, like, five shots of it a day. I think, like, I use it sometimes as a bit of a salad dressing, sometimes first thing in the morning, if my digestive system's bad with a little bit of lemon juice, sometimes warm water. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, what's your
0: take on it? I really like it. Again, it's not, like, a five times a day sort of thing, but Mm -hmm. it's cheap and you can add it. So the, the cost versus, like, the expense of using it is so low and the benefit... Is high versus the cost, so you should. I think that it's great to use. Yeah,
1: small amount a day. Yeah. If you can't
0: shot it, don't be a pussy. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I have to shot it because I hate it on my food
0: Yeah, I I shot it. Bit of
1: lemon juice. I squeeze a bit of lemon juice into mine. That really helps.
0: You know what? I'm like a little bit of water, and I do the shot, and I just do it. I know. Beno loves a
1: shot because he likes to get lit. Yeah, (laughs) I know.
0: I know that. I know that BSC are going to release a capsule form, and you can buy capsule forms. To, like, I think that's a great option if you can't shot it. I don't. Sponsored athlete. <laughs> Sponsored athlete, ex rep for seven years. But um, I think that they're going to release a capsule yeah. form if you can't drink it. Um, and good. so that's an option. Um, I can just drink it, so I don't care. Yeah. My, my answer it's for like, it is.
1: like eating placenta, you can get that capsulated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a pill. Oh. Yeah, Paul says he
2: has a shot uh, shop before bed and first thing in the morning. Yeah, awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Represent. Hey, Paul, shoot us a message. We've got to catch up.
2: Costa. Hey Michelle. Hey Michelle. Hey. Um, what do you think
1: about kombucha? Kombucha. Oh my god. <laughs> I think it stinks, but <laughs> it's, it's the really wellness. good for you. I wish I could drink it because I just can't stomach it. Sean drinks it all day. Yeah. My partner is all about gut health. He has he has his sauerkraut, he has kombucha, his kombucha, he's apple cider vinegar, and he's got he poops for like four times a day. So does he? that's a good sign that his gut health is very healthy. Mm. I think kombucha does have benefits in terms of um, GI health, in terms of probiotics, all of that. I personally can't stomach it, but if you can, hats off to you. It's really good for you, but it can be very expensive too. So that's the other thing.
0: So my answer is the same to this is, um, what was the other the apple cider vinegar? Is yeah, I think it has benefits. It's definitely great for gut health. I was actually getting these like these marks on my body, which was to do with gut health, like a uh, I guess like a kind of rash from yeah. gut irritation. And when I cut all the artificial stuff out and I was using things like kombucha and um, like apple cider vinegar, it went away. So it definitely does help. For me, it's also keto if you use the right brand as well. So I can still drink it now. And again, it's one of those things, it's hell expensive. So if you know how to make it, teach me how.
1: And and one other thing I can just say on this point of all these gut health products, like apple cider vinegar, kombucha, sauerkraut, all that, Mm. if you're using them, Because you have a shit diet, like you're eating pizza and you're eating burgers and then expecting to drink kombucha and like everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. It's a waste of time and money. It may help a little bit, but to be honest, guys, like focus on your food first rather than spending so much money on these products sometimes can be a big one. Yeah. So keep it simple. Eat more whole foods. Eat more nourishing foods. Eat foods that have natural probiotics in them, yogurt, things like that, rather than having to spend a lot of money on these products if you don't need them. I think sauerkraut's great, but again, you only need like a tablespoon a day. Yeah. It's not massive, massive amounts. Um, and you can make your own as well. I did try to make it, but it stunk our house out.
0: I reckon so. Sour Crowd yeah. is my least favourite out of those things. Really? All right. Is there okay. any more questions?
2: One more, one
0: more question. because we've got to wrap this up.
2: Cyrus uh, Carlson says, what are your thoughts on having three, ma- three main meals and snacks in between versus six, six main meals?
1: Okay. So we need to maybe be a bit more specific on what the snacks are. So maybe you could ask us that. That would be great. But I'm guessing you mean like, by, like everyone's snacks can be different. So it does make it a little bit harder for us. Um, Okay, for me personally, I believe that every single meal I try to encourage my clients to have a protein base. So if your snack doesn't include a protein base and say it's just carbohydrates between a meal, let's say for example you're eating like a chicken and salad for lunch and then your afternoon snack is a piece of fruit. I don't think that's as optimal as having say like another meal of like maybe a protein shake and a piece of fruit and some nuts, having protein, carb and a fat. That for me would help more. I'm looking from an energy standpoint because you're not going to have like a rise in blood sugar and then a bit of a crash after having just a carb by itself, especially one, you know, fruit obviously has a little bit more sugar, but it's fructose, it's got fiber, it's not that high GI. But at the end of the day, from an optimal body composition standpoint, no, I probably believe in more balanced meals throughout the day than having like meals and snacks depending on what the snack is. If the snack, like I said, has protein, carbs, and fat, or a good balance of macros, then nothing wrong with it. You just might have one bigger meal and one smaller meal. That's okay.
0: Yeah, mm. I've done so many different ways. So I've yeah. done like uh, you know intermittent fasting, and obviously now keto. I eat two meals and a snack every day. Um, I've done the six smaller meals. Uh, my answer goes back to the first thing we discussed today, and it's compliance. Yeah. So yeah. if whatever's whatever's convenient and compliant, stick to. Unless you're an elite athlete or you're competing. Um, y- there's other things to look at which are more important um, but can you stick to it so yeah. yeah unless you're in that 1% who's getting on stage or is you know y- you gotta track it. even an elite athlete doesn't need to track that much um, but unless you're stepping on stage and food is your tool to get to a body yeah. weight um, that's and
1: it's like going back to ice in the cake If it's not that important at the end of the day if you're hitting your macros and you're getting a result that you want let's yeah. say you're dropping fat and you're eating that way with your two snacks a day and your three meals and you're getting results do it like there's nothing wrong with that but if say you're plateauing or there's something else going on look at all the other factors rather than worrying oh is it because I'm not having you know protein at that meal or is it because I'm having this I think people worry so much about the what I call them like the five percenters rather than worrying about the 95 percenters yeah like, 100% power players in their day are you training hard enough are you eating the right food are you drinking water are you getting sleep are you not stressed like yep Nail that, and, and like, yeah, you're on a good track. But yeah, if you're stuck, if you're hitting plateaus, try to look at everything rather than just little things like that.
0: Brett, can we look at the main webcam so we can sign out on our on our little faces? But thanks, guys, that were awesome questions. This is by far the best live podcast that we've done. So tune in next week. We're going to do it same time, a different place next week. But Alice, <laughs> this is, yeah, this is not Alice's. This has been great. So we might actually do all of our podcasts from here. <laughs> But give yourself a last minute plug. Where can Um, people get in contact with you and who should get in contact with you? So I've
1: been doing a lot of these lives myself on my Facebook coaching page, which is Alistair Coaching and Health. I've been talking mindset, nutrition, training, whatever topics you guys want to cover. You can get in contact with me there. Best is also just my website, which is alistairound.com. Instagram, Allie Round, Snapchat's the same name. But if you need to actually inquire with me about coaching, um, best thing is going through the website and then going through the inquiry tab or directly send me an email to info at aliceround.com. And I am running a pretty cool program at the moment called Breakthrough. So it's basically for women out there who want to get really educated, who want to step their game up, not only get results, but also learn. Like learn about all these topics that we covered today. We talk about gut health, we talk about you know female periods we talk about so many different things in the program we talk about stress management it's more than just a you know some eight week challenge or whatever it's a program that educates you so that is my baby at the moment and what i'm focusing on so if you'd like to inquire about that or have anyone that wants to click me through an email we'd be happy to set up a phone call with you um with me or one of my mindset coaches as well that are on board with that program so yeah and if anyone's in melbourne i'm in melbourne tomorrow and then sydney so if anyone's Interstate, but this is perfect fam, so it's probably a terrible bug. That's all right. So. Tag
0: your Melbourne and t- tag your <laughs> Melbourne and Sydney friends below. So everything that Alice just Alice just said, we'll put down below. So all the links um, to her programs and her groups or anything. Um, for you guys, what we that Oh going-
1: sorry, well, no, no no go. I'm doing a free challenge starting Monday that I forgot to tell everyone about. So it's a seven-day breakthrough challenge and we're basically going to give you free content every single day within a private group. There's only a few spots left. We are limiting it, capping it at a certain number of people. So if you do want to inquire about that, again, just jump over to my coaching page or flick me an email. So, yeah, free, free. Everything's free for you.
0: (laughs) We'll put these (laughs) links down there, so make sure you jump in. Now, before we close out, next week we're going to give away two Perth Fit Fam T-shirts and they're going to be the podcast logo, which is here.
1: What are you going to give <laughs> yeah. What do have to
0: do? What do you have to do? You need to go to iTunes and you need to give us a five-star rating. Um, and that's pretty much it. Head over there. We're going to give away two next week. We'll announce them.
1: I'll throw in a bonus. I'll throw All
2: in a bonus. Who wants you to do birthday? Is um, Brenda? Poor Not me.
0: What? Hey, Paul's got a. Paul, we will touch base. My dogs
1: will jump on him. Um, I'll throw in an hour breakthrough call with my mindset coach for anyone doing that. And I'll throw in a macro snacks prize as well.
0: Awesome. Yep. That is so cool. We'll put the prizes up there. Make sure you stay tuned. That's been awesome. Brett, anything you want to say before we start out? That was
1: great. That was great. Can we
0: get the pretty ending to this? We can get a pretty ending to this. How do we
1: do See a pretty you guys. Ending?
0: See ya. <laughs> <laughs> nah, oh, that one. Wrong one. Can we get the outro now?